TFS, episode number 99. This is Greg Duncan. And this is Mickey Gousset. What? Mickey? Did we, did we invite, did we, did we accidentally invite you? What's up with that? No, I'm finally trying to get back to my roots. I've missed (laughs) podcasting. That's awesome. Uh, And it's good to have, God, last week we had Paul on, this week we have you on, next show, show number 100, maybe we'll have all four of us. Absolutely. Dude, be, can you imagine that it's episode number 100 wow that that's i would that's kind of i'll be honest i would never have thought when we started this thing five six years ago that we would potentially hit that number that's pretty awesome <laughs> certainly is. so what have you been up to mickey i have been doing a little bit of everything still working for um infrared consulting so still doing my mm-hmm. system center work during the day i just got renewed for my microsoft alm mvp for the 11th year which is are you an october like, awardee too i am indeed Woo-woo! Me too. I was very, very excited about that. <laughs> and I'm actually getting a little more into Azure as well. I'm going to be helping out with the Azure Immersion Experience that they're doing next week in Philadelphia. Oh, nice. So just staying busy. And when I'm not working, I'm enjoying life with the family. Great, great. Yeah, and we've been talking about your articles. We keep seeing your articles. Um, and we make sure we highlight those every time we see them. Just on a, on a side note, totally off script here, how long does it take you to write one of those you know, articles? Well, that depends. If it's something that I know about and have been working with, then you can sit down and write an article in about two to four hours. If it's a new technology in ALM that you have to learn about, then it gets a lot more complicated and can take a lot longer. So I can spend anywhere from eight to 16 hours just learning what I want to write about before I write. Nice. Yeah, understandable. Um, Okay, so we have a great show today. Uh, We have Mickey, yay, and we have two interviewees, not just one, but two interviewees, one who's returning and and one who's new. And I'm very excited to have them both on. But first, we're going to talk about the hot news. And uh, for ALMers, for for you guys, first of all, the hot news is I also got rewarded my VS ALM MVP. Yay! Yeah, I was actually kind of sweating it. Martin kept saying, no, Greg, it's okay. Once you get it, it's easier to keep than it is to get fresh, but I, I didn't believe him. But uh, yeah, it came in the mail. Oh, and I was sweating it too. I I got up on the first, all excited, checking my email. Seven o'clock, my time is like, oh, there's no email. I've there been there. A- I've I sweat it every. I'll be honest with you, I sweat it every year because every year you go, did I do enough? You know, blogging. Did I do enough talking? Did I do enough? Just in general, you know, showing people and talking to people about the the ALM story that Microsoft has. So. Uh-huh. Welcome to the stressful the stress of every year trying to make sure that I can get my MVP because once you get it, you want to keep it. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And, and yeah, so you know, it was like 7.30 or 7.45, I was taking the dog for a walk. Then the email came. It's like, woohoo. <sighs> so other news that you know all you guys out there are actually interested in. Um, the, one of the big news for us, uh, for you guys, for people like uh, Mickey and Paul and myself, is that the BKVM, the Brian Keller, or formerly known as Brian Keller um, ALM Virtual Machine and Hands on Labs and Demo Scripts, has gotten refreshed, revitalized, and has a new owner for Visual Studio 2015 and TFS 2015. So Brian. Keller basically has turned it over to Sachin Hydra. Hi, 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 you know, I, I've been trying to work on names and I go to pronouncenames.com and all the hard names aren't in there. So it's like ugh, Schwab was in there. I had to refresh that one. But uh, anyway, um, 
So there's a new site for it. The old uh, URL still works, and we'll have that in the show notes, but, you know, aka.msalmvms, uh, new site there. It's been a refreshed. Also wanted to shout out, it's it's a little bit out of date, but still easily tweakable. Um, Gordon Beaming, friend of the show, has also been on the show as a, as a guest before, has a post for the older 2013 ALM uh, VMs to download them if PowerShell, if you don't want to use the free download manager. He's got a post that was for the 2013 minor tweaks to update it for the 2015. So if you just want to grab all the VMs in PowerShell, Gordon's got a great post for that. And I'm, I'm very excited that this is out because they've added new labs for some of the new features. And Teletest is something that I've been, been playing with and working with, and there's a lab in there specifically for that. I've got this downloaded, but I haven't gotten it installed yet, and I'm about to actually put it up in Azure so I can access it from wherever I need to access it from. Nice. It, w- when you do that, we'll have to make sure you're back on the show for that time because we talked about that for the 2013. I want to see if it's basically as easy or, or any gotchas for that. But you know, I would really like if they could do a template for this or something. It's you know, it's so easy to spin up That's an Azure VM idea. from the templates. That would be a great idea. Spin up a VM that has all this stuff pre-installed with the labs on it as well. That's a great idea. We should bring that up at the MVP Summit. Yeah. Because can you imagine that just from a demo? You know, you know how fast it is to spin up those VMs. Downloading this beast and, you know, uh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Having local VMs is so, you know, double zero. You so know? 2010. It, yeah. Yeah. <sighs> well, we've got some other news. And then one of the other pieces of news that got announced is the, they announced Git-LFS on all VSO Git repos. Now, I will go ahead and admit to you that I am not a Git expert, but apparently Git LFS is an extension of Git that allows you to replace large files in your repo with placeholder files. And then you can store the, the contents of the large files on a separate server, which allows you to do things like add binary files to your Git repo without causing a lot of bloat in your, in your repo history. So this is something that I think a lot of people that use Git are going to be very excited about using. And the nice thing about it is, you know, VSO has always provided unlimited storage for Git repos, and now that's being extended to this Git LFS as well. Now, this is coming so- this and coming soon with the update one to Team Foundation Server 2015 will also support Git LFS. So you'll have it on on premise as well as if you use VSO. So, Gray, have you no. have you tried out any of this? No, I, I, I've got like one Git repo. <laughs> Out there on GitHub, I think, and you know, I, I, I do the commit and the push. You know, I, I, I'm a you know an FTE with TFS on prem. Uh, you know, using TFVC. I, I know Git is the shiny. I mean, even just how much Microsoft itself has put out there. I mean, everything is out on Git now. So, but I do know. That that uh, large files, that binary bloat, was a huge issue for Git, and, and I have seen countless articles about dealing with that. And you know, in the Visual Studio space, how important NuGet is, so you're not you know checking in packages or adding packages to your repo because of the binary bloat. Uh, so that's actually great news. And, and the fact, I, I think I liked the best part about that that um, article was how, you know, when you were saying it's going to be out in 20, um, 2015 update one. Uh, and if it does, it may not support NTLM authentication, but the fact that Microsoft is going back to uh, GitHub, you know, mm-hmm. a- and uh, working with them 
you know, so however, we're working on adding that feature and we will submit it to GitHub once it's ready. So actually, I don't know if that's working with, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I took that is that they were committing that, that NTLM authentication back to the open source community. Ah, that I don't know. Yeah. So that's what, how I took that statement. I'm going to give them the big benefit of the doubt nowadays with the new Microsoft and, and the new moves that there definitely would, if they add that kind of capability, it's almost a given that they would give it back and, you know, do their own PR for that. Uh, I'll, I'll agree with you there. Let's give them the benefit of the doubt for now. Yeah, absolutely. So doing another shout out to another podcast. Um, I, you know, we're excited about hitting 100. I looked at this number and it just boggles my mind. Um, Charles Sterling, known as Chuck, who any VS ALM MVP knows and loves, uh, who is one of our guiding lights and helps us keep on the straight and narrow and keeps, you know, is the chief cat herder, uh, did a, a recent um, recording on .NET Rocks talking about web performance testing tools on episode 1202. That number boggles the mind. 1202 episodes. That's just insane. Uh, do you, uh, what podcast do you listen to, Mickey? I listen to Windows Weekly mm-hmm. and I listen to ours, of course. And <laughs> I do listen to .NET Rocks on occasion. So I, I, lo- I think, um, you know, they do, they do a great job on that one. And in fact, if you go all the way back to 2005 or 2005, 2006, when Visual Studio Team System first came out, you can actually find me on an episode of .NET Rocks singing with Carl Franklin. So I challenge anybody to, to try to find that episode where I'm actually singing with, where I do a, sh- a short little bit with Carl Franklin. <laughs> so I listen to Windows Weekly. I listen to um, Technical Wise. That's probably the, the main technical one that I listen to. I listen to some IGN podcasts for gaming, and I listen to some Hearthstone podcasts because I like playing Hearthstone, which is a, a, a an online card game from Blizzard. Mm. Yeah, you basically, you know, that's pretty much what I listen to, too. Windows Weekly, um, Tech News Today, Tech News Tonight. I can't keep up with Tech News Today. They come out too too, too much. They come out every day. <laughs> well, yeah, my scheme is I do Tech News Tonight, so you get that condensed version. And then if I have any more time, you know, I roll over to Tech News Today for the, the full thing. Um, I listen to Paul Throt's other podcast, um, Oh, I can't remember the name of that off the top of my head. Uh, but yeah. All right. So you guys all heard that. Find Mickey's episode. So what else Give is your new? Best shot. So <laughs> the other the other thing though that I think is really cool, and I'll be honest, I'm not caught up completely, but Microsoft has a website out there where they're talking about their DevOps journey. And it's we'll have the link to it in the show notes. It's stories.visualstudio.com slash DevOps. But it's where they're releasing different videos and and different and talking about how they're moving you know, to be a more of a DevOps kind of organization. And I think this is really cool. We've talked about in the past, I know I have, about how more open Microsoft has become about, you know, telling you how they do things. And if you follow Brian Harry's blog, he's very open about how things happen. (laughs) And this is just a great another way to get some insight into what's happening inside of Microsoft, how they're going about doing DevOps, and hopefully maybe even help you get a better understanding about how you should start pursuing DevOps if you haven't already started. So have you done in any of your engagements any uh, – you do System Center stuff, right? Yes. And does that – I know their System Center plays something of a role in DevOps, right? Oh, yes. The, I mean, the, the, especially from, the, the, from a Microsoft Story perspective, the System Center side is what the IT pros are using. So they're using Operations Manager for, for monitoring. 
They're using Configuration Manager for pushing out patches. They're using Service Manager to do to do Service Desk, like self-service service requests. And then there's Orchestrator that's being used to do automation all underneath there. What a lot of people are wanting to see and what I'm seeing a lot of my clients want to see is integration between the System Center products and TFS or integration between the System Center products and Visual Studio Online because the developers want to stay in their world and the IT pros want to stay in their world. So we're building a lot of that kind of integration to where when operations manager finds there's a problem with an application, we can automatically throw an alert or throw an alert which creates you know a bug work item in TFS. The developer can work that work item and then send the results back to operations manager. We're building in a lot of automation with Orchestrator to try to automate different things to just you know allow those two worlds to work better together. Nice. Nice. And is that all, that's all custom? You know, why you get paid the big bucks? Yeah, sort of. Some of that, there is some stuff that, that you can get out of the box, but a lot of that is custom. But you can find a lot of it online, too. There's a lot of people Good. blogging about it. Nice, nice. And this is a very, it's a very pretty site. So, so don't let, you know, the developers and the, you know, this isn't marketing wear, even though it's very pretty. No, it's it's, uh, it's, it's pretty site, but it, it's very, I like it. I can't wait to dive into all the different videos that are here. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we've teased our listeners enough. It's time to do our introduction. Our first guest is Anisha Pindoria, who is a program manager, too, with the Visual Studio ALM Rangers located in, in Redmond at Microsoft Corp. Originally from the London, from the London. I like that, from the London. Uh, from London, UK, she used to be an ALM Ranger herself a few years ago. We can find her at Twitter at, uh, at Anisha Pindoria. All one word, all mushed together. And also with us is Willie Peter Schwab, Willie to his friends, who's a senior program manager with the Visual Studio ALM Rangers at the Microsoft Vancouver Development Center. Since the mid-1980s, he's been striving for simplicity and maintainability in software engineering. His blog is at blogs.msdn.com slash b slash Willie dash Peter underscore Schwab. And you can also find him on Twitter at WP Schwab. Willie's also uh, used to be an ALM MVP, and that's actually where I first met him many, many years ago. So, Anisha Willie, welcome to the show. Thanks. Good morning, afternoon, and, and evening, everyone, and thanks for having me back. <laughs> Certainly. So, um, you're both here on the West Coast, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and Mickey, where are you calling from? Where, Tupelo, where you... Mississippi. Do you know what Tupelo, Mississippi is famous for? No. What is Tupelo, Mississippi Willie, do you famous know what for? Tupelo, Mississippi is famous for? Um... I would say the riverboats, but probably something nope. else. Nope, nope. Anisha, <laughs> do you know what Tupelo, Mississippi is famous for? Um, maybe some type of food. That's close. <laughs> we are. There is a song called Tupelo Honey and about the honey uh, that gets made here. But we are world famous for the birthplace of Elvis Presley. Oh. Elvis Presley was born here. We're a 20,000-person town. We get 100,000 people a year that come through Tupelo just to see the small <laughs> two-room house where he was born. There you wow. go. There's my tourist attraction talk for Tupelo. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> well, on that note, um, you know, we can't do a Microsoft Sphere show without talking about Tuesday's hardware announcements. Uh, Anisha, what did you think about those announcements? I thought it was pretty amazing, especially the um, Surface Book. Mm-hmm. It it just looks amazing. It just looks so sleek and sexy. And it was said that you know that was the huge secret. Uh, Willie and Anisha, did you guys hear any rumblings of it? I probably not. It's so far out of your you know work area sphere. But did you hear any rumblings of it? 
Um, I personally didn't hear any rumblings about hardware other than the phone that leaked. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and unfortunately, it also got me into trouble because as the announcements were made, I actually went to the uh, Microsoft store in Vancouver um, and bought a Surface 3. Um, at the same time, I spotted the phone that I knew was was being released and bought the Lumina 640 XL, which I thought was great. Um, everybody at home asked, why is it so big? So that it's obviously a, a huge footprint. But yeah, I got into trouble not just because I came home with a lot of boxes, um, but also because... Yeah, that Surface 3, I, I could actually have looked at something else. If I would have gone there a few hours later. <laughs> <laughs> Mickey, what did you think about the hardware announcements? I, I thought they were was, was pretty awesome. I have to admit, I am extremely stoked about the Surface Book. I just got my Surface Pro 3 last year, and that's my, my main computing platform. But the, Sur- the Surface Book, I, I could see myself potentially upgrading to that. Yeah, my son, who was... Um in Afghanistan last year, came home Thanksgiving, just about a year ago, bought a Surface Pro 3 for school. And, uh, you know, he kept asking me what's going to be coming out. I says, well, the Pro 4 should be coming out, but I don't know when. Well, I'm glad he didn't wait because that would have been a long wait. Uh, but the way he uses, as I observe him using the Pro 3, it's always with the keyboard. Never, ever, ever, ever as as a tablet. Um, even when he's lapping it, making it lappable and stuff, it's always with the keyboard. So, you know, I look at him and I look at the Surface Book and I says, oh, you know, that's like the perfect thing for him, especially because he's still gaming. He's got all his streaming games and he has to dial down the graphics down to, you know, gimpy level um, to make it really play on the Pro. That The, the Surface Book... Yeah, except for the price. That price is hairy. Well, it depends on which one you get. But yes, if you want to get the maxed out one with 16 gig of RAM, you're looking at $2,700 off the website. Yeah, and that's for the 512. There's going to be a one terabyte version, which they haven't actually released yet or seen the prices for yet. Um, And that's that's one terabyte. That's 512 or one terabyte SSD, right? That's not spinning media. Correct. Yeah, that's, that's still awesome. God, <laughs> uh, and the phone, and the band, and the Hololens. Does anybody raise your hand if you're going to buy a, a developer edition Hololens? I would like to say I am, but I don't know if I have the spousal approval for that. Um, yeah, I, I will I... maybe upgrade my band though. <laughs> yeah, I'm probably in the same camp as Mickey's. I'm in enough trouble as is, but yeah, that's one of the gadgets that has had me gobsmacked from day one. Anisha, what do you think? Are you gonna is it, is Santa gonna bring you one of the? Oh, I guess it's gonna be after Santa. So, uh. <laughs> well, I would love to buy one, but the same same reasons as um, Mickey. Really, it's I mean it's amazing, and it's just just I I can't wait to get my hands and own uh, hands on one and own one. But I don't think mm-hmm. I will be owning one for a long time. <laughs> I have to admit, I'm looking forward to playing Minecraft on it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, my my DFO, my domestic financial officer just gave me the look. <laughs> nice. No no answer, just the look. So, yeah, I don't think I'll be getting one either unfortunately. Um, has anybody heard has the field of vision changed? I I know after build the field of view um was criticized a great deal in all the demo units. And I know there was further statements stating that don't expect many changes to that field of view in, in the first units. 
did they have at the hardware announcement for the press? Did they have any HoloLens of units available for preview? Did anybody see anything among I that? I don't know. I'd, I'd be interested because you know the, the the differences between the videos that they show and the reported actual usage of the devices ha- has me a little bit concerned. But it's also great. I actually think I'm happy that they're doing a developer edition. You know, they're going to get it out there and you know basically let the developers let those people who are truly enthusiasts anybody paying three grand for one of those devices is truly an enthusiast um, and have them beta test it and and deal with that stuff before the consumers get it so if there are issues the field of view and that kind of stuff just the developers will see that and you know i'm sure microsoft take that feedback back and you know make changes to the production units all right enough of the hardware um willie you were on on episode 82, October 9th, one day less. Well, by the time we release this, it'll actually be one year to the day because this should come out tomorrow. Uh, and we're recording this, obviously, October 8th. Uh, what's what's? We're going to talk about the, the, the new stuff from the Rangers and all the posts and all the good kind of stuff. Is there anything uh, – this is for Anisha or Willie. Uh, what's new and exciting with the Rangers in the last year or so? Yeah, I think I'll defer this one to Anisha because she's been doing these great Channel 9 um, feedback sessions where she's actually discussed everything we have done and will be doing. So, Anisha, if you don't mind. Yeah, sure. Um, so, we have we started doing the ALM Ranger Channel 9 videos. Um, there's actually two channels that we have. Um, one is the, the monthly catch-up. Uh, which I host, and I also have um, drop-in guests and um, another channel, which is the Rangers Demo. Um, So we decided to do Channel 9 videos for the Rangers because we noticed that a lot of people quite like to watch rather than read, and it also puts a voice to a face. Um, It's going to be running for about a year now, probably beginning of November. So it's 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 been it's been an exciting time. And you, if if you watch the first one to um the one that I published <laughs> last week, you'll see a big difference. <laughs> Um, so the monthly catch-up usually lasts about 15 to 20 minutes. Um, it's kind of a look inside um, the Rangers world and see what they've been working on over the last month and um, what is planned. It's also a great avenue to get, um, l- l- like I mentioned, um, we have co-hosts. So it's also a great opportunity to get the Rangers into the studio and just have a chat about some of the things that they may be working on um, or some of the new things that might be coming out. Um, I also mentioned we have the Rangers demo channel as well, um, which is an area where the Rangers demo either Ranger projects um, that they've been working on or other bits and pieces that the audience would um, find useful. So that's kind of the Channel 9 stuff that we've been working on. Great. And, and uh, you know, somebody that I happen to know at Channel 9 um, has happened to catch that you did post that monthly catch-up uh, S. Um, 89 with co-host Casey O'Mara. Yeah. Uh, that person happened to also feature it on the homepage. So if you go to channel9.msdn.com, uh, um, your episode is now right there oh, wow. on, top of the, on top of the page. I, I don't know who that is. <laughs> I, I, I won't mention my name. Oh, uh. <laughs> so yeah. Um, yeah, you, you are currently featured in a big smile. That's a great snap there uh, of that page. So uh, how... The, the Channel 9, uh, obviously, you know, I, I've been 
I'm involved with Channel 9 too. And I've, I've heard that the MVPs, Channel 9 is going to become a great vehicle for MVPs directly to be able to begin to host uh, their own content. How hard was it, is it for you to do these videos and, and, and make these kind of presentations, talking to future other MVPs, our listeners, who might want to think about in the future using Channel 9? Um, so getting started was pretty easy. Um, you literally just have to reach out to the to the Channel Line guys, and they literally help you on board with everything that you need to know around how to record, um, how to edit, and the kind of content that the Channel Line audience are looking for. So it has been a really easy onboarding um, experience. Um, but then the hardest part is keeping that going Mm -hmm. and actually recording stuff every month. And um, that's the hardest part. I mean, we, we, we did interview some MVPs last year, which was absolutely amazing um, to actually get them in the studio um, and, and just have a sit down chat with them. And obviously a lot of them I'd, I just met face to face. um, So it was, it was great. Um, So having them on again, Hopefully, which will, uh, which, we, which I'm hoping to do, it will be a great session. Um, and so, yeah, so definitely just reach out to the channel line guys. They will help you on board. Awesome. Awesome. Speaking of the summit, um, so you're going to be there. Are both of you going to be there? Yep. Absolutely. That is the event um, for, for the Rangers in particular. And obviously with the likes of Mickey there, how can we miss that event? <laughs> <laughs> Um, are, is the Alien Rangers doing anything special? You, you said you're going to try to uh, grab some, corral some of uh, the MVPs and do some video sessions with them. Anything else beyond having Mickey buy you some beer or you buy Mickey uh, some beer? So we are planning to have a workshop session with the oh. ALM MVP Rangers, um, possibly maybe Thursday evening-ish. Um, and it's it's just to get together for um, maybe two or three hours. Um, obviously, there's going to be pizza involved. Um, <laughs> you have to have food, right? <laughs> <laughs> Um, and the main kind of discussion is going to be around documentation and the new way that we are actually producing documentation. So um, using Markdown, for example, and mm-hmm. it's, it's going to be an introduction to Markdown and how we how we change our style and voice um, in writing these documentation. So rather than having kind of an instruction based article, you actually talk about your experience and the do's and don'ts and um you talk in a way that is easier for the user to understand. So that's the workshop that we are planning. Nice. You know, that really dovetails well. I was going to ask that question because the next things we want to talk about are the the recent articles, uh, blogs.msdn.com posts. Uh, and I was going to kind of um, go off script and ask you about the future of this documentation. The CodePlex stuff is in service mode, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, and then you've been blogging a great deal of this guidance. I was going to ask you, yeah, what is, 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 is blog the future? So you're, you're now saying it's not. There's, there's a future future for this kind of documentation? Yeah. So um, at the moment, we, well, we used to publish our content to CodePlex. Um, right. We are now kind of merging with the product group. So we will be working with the product group and publishing content with them. So it's, it's the one Microsoft voice. <laughs> So speaking of those articles, uh, um, what what are the, some of the latest posts from the ALM Rangers? 
Uh, Willie, um, I'll, 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 I'll pass that over to you. <laughs> um, yeah, the basically it's part of, of moving some of the documentation to um, our new homes. And as Anisha mentioned is we are moving content to the Visual Studio or MSDN-based um, documentation. And then we have parts of the guidance that we feel is fills, fits into this out-of-band bucket where we're not quite sure does it fit on on the official product documentation or is it something that can evolve over time. Um, and if it's all the out-of-band content, we are slowly but surely moving over to our team blog. Um, we just feel that it's it's an easy place to to collect the, the content and it's a very easy place for us to update the content. Um, so what we've really started with and those are the blogs you've seen is the version control or also known as the branching guidance in the old days. Uh, mm-hmm. We started moving a lot of that content, especially the, the walkthroughs, the hands-on labs that has gone to um, our team blog. Um, so that's another thing that I'd like to highlight is a lot of the content in the past used to be on, on my personal blog, um, and we've made the decision that we really want a team blog, which we've created, Anisha, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's now a couple of months ago, and we're actually encouraging all the rangers in our community to start contributing to that blog. Um, But yeah, the real big wave that you've seen is uh, the version control walkthroughs. Um, The upgrade guidance or the checklists have moved to the team blog as well. Um, and I'm just thinking, Anisha, I don't think we have anything else queued other than testimonials. Um, so that's the other thing that we are starting to put onto our team blog is like the lightweight case studies. Um, so experiences from the field. And we've got really two great ones from Guatemala that are about to be posted. Great. I love case studies. I love you know the behind baseball, how people are really using that. There's one thing seen in the guidance, but then there's the other side of seeing you know people in not that you guys aren't in the real world, but you know people out in the real world uh, really using this stuff. And, you know what part worked, what part needed to be tweaked, how this stuff worked it makes it easier to sell. You know because even inside, I have to try to sell uh, uh, you know branching guidance, and you know sometimes. You don't sell it. Sometimes the project is so simple, you just it's overkill. But then every small project, as everybody knows who's done any development, any small project grows big, just like automagically. It just seems to happen. I, I don't know what it is. but um, So you, you always have to keep that in the back of your mind. And that when you're saying, oh, this is just a simple project, I, I don't need a main branch. I don't need to do these you know, uh, uh, feature branches or any of these other things. Uh, you know, It's going to be simple. Yeah, two years from now, you're going to be looking at it and say, oh, what was I thinking? Yes, you will. I can I can <laughs> agree with that from experience. <laughs> uh, so what else is uh, you saying, uh, Anisha, what else is coming soon? What flights are landing? And maybe before we go into that, uh, refresh everybody about why the ALM Rangers uses flights metaphor. Yeah. Um, so we've seen our projects as flights because they are time box and they have team members. So AKA flight crew. Um, so it's kind of a fun metaphor that we use. Um, I think it originally came from Willie. Willie, is that right? 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, I came from the days when, because I use the bus quite often or trains or public transport. And the first thing I always walk to is, is that board that shows you arrivals and departures. And talking to colleagues like Robert McLean in South Africa, we said, well, that would be a cool way of actually showing our projects as they are in flight or landing or in worst case delayed. So that's where it originally came from. I, you know, I asked you this before when you were on last year, Peter, and it wasn't – I don't know if I was – if I'm slow. <laughs> I know I'm slow. But um, that, that time box metaphor, a flight takes off and a flight lands, start, finish. That's a great metaphor versus like the Windows team that are doing rings for their, you know, so it's ongoing forever and ever around and around and around. Whereas these projects start, you're in progress, you're in process, and then they finish. Done. That makes a lot of sense. Um, so what flights are going to be landing soon? So what's coming soon? Um, so definitely check out the latest Channel 9 monthly catch-up video um, for a detailed look because I go through everything there as well. Um, but a few things um, that will be coming out soon um, is the is one of the projects, which is the consolidation of the version control guidance stock into articles for VS.com. Um, that's going to be hopefully coming out soon. Um, that's basically merging and kind of I think the best word here is consolidating the information that we have in the guidance into consumable, easy, bite-sized kind of chunks of info um, into articles um, which will be published. So this is kind of what we're doing for that one. Um, the other one, which um, is the migration of release management assets from RM server to TFS, um, is code complete. And they are waiting on the PO for review and validation. And we are also busy working on and preparing quite a few VSO extensions for the November launch. So definitely keep your eyes peeled on that one. Yeah, I'm looking at the status board now. It's like, yeah, VSO extension, 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 <laughs> oh extension, extension, extension. It's like, wow. <laughs> we have quite a lot. <laughs> Um, that upgrade guidance, the, that guidance, putting that all together, yeah, I, that is, I, you know, I got to tell you from a guy out in the field, that is really important mm. um, and, and making it consumable and understandable. And we've talked about the TFS setup team and we don't have any posts this week on them, but uh, uh, their posts are always really good. You know, it, it is really kind of, it's actionable yes. stuff. Exactly. That's the key, you know. Exactly. It's, and Greg, it's probably also discoverable, which is one of the other things we are striving for, because to discover guidance on Coplex, which is really intended for open source right. teams, is has proven tough for a lot of, of users out there. So I hope our kind of move or consolidation, I like that word, Anisha, it's really consolidating our, our guidance. It, it's going to make it more discoverable and hence more valuable to the community. Agreed. Agreed. If we can search it, we can find it. And if it's, yeah, 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 yeah. And it's maintainable. You know, the, the problem, like you said, CodePlex, it, it, it's a finite deliverable. It's a chum, it's a doc, it's a PDF. Doing that ongoing maintenance of that, uh, that would make my, it makes my head hurt just thinking about that. Whereas doing a markup based kind of solution, much easier, just keep it up to date. It's not such an ongoing maintenance nightmare. Exactly. <sighs> So speaking of CodePlex and speaking of the documentation out there, uh, uh, many of our listeners, I'm sure, are already aware of those resources out there, and many of them have been marked as service mode. What does service mode mean to them? 
Yeah, if you've been back to Coplex, you probably noticed that service mode has has vanished, um, and it, it's vanished. You basically you you start you you basically set. Uh, how should I say that? Uh, you ignited some really good discussions on our side. And uh, just to give you a bit of context, service mode was really always a kind of a bridge between in-progress projects and projects we would like to retire. Um, and as you know, the Rangers, our mission is to fill gaps. Mm-hmm. Um, so I always kind of compare us to dentists or roadworks is if there's a gap or a hole, you fill it and you move on. Um, and with a lot of projects on Coplex, it has been really difficult to move on. Um, there had, was long-term maintenance, upgrading of guidance, um, which was really tough for us because, yeah, it's not our strength or mission to, to focus on long-term maintenance. So based on discussion or new discussions, um, we've, we went back and we've actually removed service mode completely. Um, so now we either mark projects as um, active mm-hmm. or retired. And active really means we are actively working on a project or planning to do work on it. And re- retired implies that you know, the gap has been filled and the team has moved on to another adventure or gap to fill. Doesn't mean that we will never come back and switch it back to active. Um, but it's, it's just an indication that the team has left the building and is focusing <laughs> on another gap. I, I like that. I really do. It's the, it's so less ambiguous. I agree. That's the hardest thing a lot of times. And it's, I'm sure you've found this, Greg, and I've found this, especially when I'm talking to new people is, and there's so much, you know, information out there over the past five years that people have put out there that they have a hard time knowing is this relevant at this point. Well, so I have a question for, 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 for both of y'all, for all three of you, which is we've got VSO, we've got TFS 2015 now. And of course we have our Rangers. What, are there any aspects of, of TFS 2015 that the Rangers are most excited about or that you specifically are most excited about? And I'm just pausing. Is you, i.e. Willie, Anisha, and or, and yes. or the Rangers? If anybody, <laughs> however you would like to qualify that, Willie. <laughs> Feel free to qualify it in any way you would like. Let me give you my, my view and then Anisha, please jump in. Um, I, I think the top features that I see as a as a co-ranger is the new build environment has made life so much easier. Um, the extensibility is obviously core to our strategy. It's it's so exciting because it allows us to do uh, tooling type projects um, and it extend the product to actually add productivity features quickly and effectively. So extensibility is a big one. But I think from a PM's point of view, probably the agile planning has me gobsmacked every time I go back to Visual Studio Online uh, because the features are just coming and coming and coming. Um, and yeah, our teams, as, as I think we discussed it last time, are really self-organizing and self-managing. We no longer have a process that we dictate. And what I've noticed is that most of the teams I work with, they're basically planning tool is the Kanban board. That's the only place they go to. It's bookmarked for their project and they do all the planning, all the tracking, um, all the discussions are done around the Kanban board, which is phenomenal. Um, So the features like swim lanes, colored cards, 
um, filtering on the boards, inline tasks, which I think I've blogged about recently. Um, those are just really, really productive and cool features. Um, and Greg, you, you asked about or meant, spoke about the, the blog posts a few minutes ago. Um, what we try and inject as well is like, what's, what cool things did we notice? Um, and those posts on, I mean, we know about these cool features long before they go public because we we do a lot of the the dog fooding and testing behind the scenes but those posts are really based on what is cool in terms of how the rangers are using these features as part of their projects um so yeah I, I, we try and light up what is really working for us um, and hopefully making the likes of you think about how could those features help me nice great explanation on that one anisha um I really love the the stuff um, in VSO that uh, mainly around the agile tools. Um, so things like color coded cards, I think that's a great thing to kind of visually see the status of cards. So uh, you could you could color something, you know, orange or red to um, symbolize whether they delayed or blocked, and literally just a five second glance at the board, you know exactly what is the state of the nation of the board. So I find that really cool. And definitely swim lanes, uh, which really explained before as well. So yeah, (laughs) basically everything that's coming out in VSO (laughs) is pretty cool. (laughs) So a question that I asked you last uh, last year, Peter, and I want to ask again on it since the cadence continues to improve. ALM Rangers are filling holes, but the the team, the, the TFS VSO team is moving so fast. Do they fill the hole before you guys can get to it? Is that irritating? Or are you looking for places because you're dog fooding it early? So you have an inside view where you're filling a hole that doesn't look like it's going to get filled in the near future. How, how do you like determine the hole? I guess. Yeah, I think we, we are working a lot closer with the PMs and the feature teams. Um, so that's been a big change since we last spoke. Is So we do a lot of planning together with the feature PMs. Um, we share a lot of our, our kind of cool ideas and plans we have. So we also collect ideas from the field. So the engineers in the field, um, the MVPs like yourselves, um, if, if you give us feedback that something's missing, we take all of that, we have it on a backlog, um, and we discuss that with the feature PMs, and we try and filter out those ideas that will be solved by the product group um, or that are so far down the priority list that it makes sense of doing them. So they help us with the triage and the prioritization. Um, it's not a perfect world. We do have flights that take off and are then scrambled back. Um, and that's something I've been saying to the rangers. Um, in the past, we always said as a flight, if the flight takes off, it will land. So we will finish whatever happens in between. Um, whereas now we are saying it's, it's not bad to abort a flight. Um, for example, if we know that the product group is is going to deliver a similar feature, it really makes no sense in the guys wasting their precious family time creating the same feature again. Um, so that's really to protect the um, the ranger's time. And, and I always refer to it as family time because that's really what they're investing. And also making sure that we don't have duplication because that's been a problem we've had in the past or been battling with in the past in terms of the guidance is duplication of content. Um, you've probably picked it up as well at times, like person A says X, person B says Y. 
Um, Mickey comes in and says, oh, it should be A+. Plus. And now, what is what is the story that we should be telling the customer? Um, so, again, that's where the consolidation of the guidance comes in, is it's not just discoverability, it's let's remove kind of duplication and confusing content. Um, so, yeah, the shorter cadence has, has really made the ranges think. Um, we've, I think as we discussed the last time, is we've aligned our, our sprint cadence with the feature teams, um, but again, going back to the Kanban board, for us, the sprints are really the heartbeats. Um, it gives us a beginning and an end. So it's, we always call it the heartbeat, but mm-hmm. we really work with Kanban or the concept of Kanban these days. It's just more intuitive for ranger type projects. Um, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and, and Kanban, you know, my work, my day job is, which is, a uh, litigation services service provider firm has just jumped into agile heavily and they're doing it kind of smart they're doing it manual first so there are columns and swim lanes and post-it notes all over the officer isn't it like a whiteboard that doesn't have uh, you know the columns and post-it notes there's windows there's cubicle walls <laughs> it's everywhere and you know that's that works for a little bit it doesn't scale very well and after a while when you're trying to track it over time it gets a little bit hairy but you know the idea that that kanban idea that seeing that card and watching it move across the columns and stuff you know that's that's the important thing so um how first of all uh, you made an extremely good point and, and I want to reemphasize that the Alum Rangers and all you guys listening out there um this is their time they're not getting paid for this uh um sometimes uh, and and uh, many of them are MVPs but some uh, many are not uh they're doing it because you know they love to develop they like doing solutions is this is the you know heart blood sweat and tears uh, they're volunteering family time you know leisure time uh, to bring you the, the solution so anytime you look at anything uh, that they provide uh, you got to keep that in mind and just say wow they provided this kind of awesome stuff for free on their time that's what I think excites me. That's why I like to highlight the Alum Rangers so much. It's just that commitment and, and that passion behind the solutions. So how does somebody become an Alum Ranger? Yeah, I think the the first thing that anybody out there needs to think about is, do I have the passion? You mentioned it. Passion is, that's the fuel to the Rangers. If you don't have passion, you're not going to sit down at 12 at night and fix a bug or revise a piece of guidance. Uh, but if you have the passion, you'll literally... I don't know, put on the candles, get, a, get another cup of coffee, and then focus on on making the world better for the community out there. Um, so number one is you need to have that passion. Number two, you need to have bandwidth. Um, like it's it's easy to say, I will do it. It's really tough to then grab tasks off the Kanban board. And what I always say to rangers is the you're only committed once you actually assign something to yourself. Because at that point, the whole team will look at you and expect you to deliver what you've actually grabbed. Um, so if you are still interested after kind of having those kind of thought thoughts, then all you need, I mean, to join the Rangers, we have a very low um, nomination bar, is you just need to be nominated by an active Ranger out there. So somebody who knows you. So Greg, for example, somebody who knows you and who's going to say, Greg, it's 
He's really this passionate dude, and he'll really add value. So we just need a, a kind of a nomination from an ALM Ranger or the thumbs up, um, and then we basically just pass that nomination to the rest of the Rangers, and we say, does anybody have any concerns? If not, you're in. So joining the Rangers, I think, is 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 easy. Um, staying part of the Rangers, is, I think, is going to become tougher because as the cadence kind of gets shorter, um, we need to start raising our kind of our bar of renewals. You you, you spoke about the MVP renewal process, um, and with the Rangers, basically, we say is the Ranger active or has he gone dark? And as long as you're active, you you're part of the community. If you go dark, then it's probably time to take a timeout for a while. Um, so. Yeah, it's 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 really easy to join. Um, we've got that on our about page, um, which I'm sure you'll have in in, in the in the notes. Um, so just have a look at uh, our about us page, and it it really just talks about who we are, what the expectations would be, and then there's a few steps of how do I join. Now, do the Rangers still get cool shirts? Because all I remember <laughs> is you always always came to the MVP summit, and the Rangers always had cool shirts or cool jackets, and that was like, ooh, I want one of those. Yeah, we actually discussed this. Uh, Anisha, you, you're probably smiling and laughing on your side because we discussed this regularly. Because I always say is, can't we find something else to give to the Rangers than the shirt? And every time we ask the Rangers, they say, no, we want the shirt. So, yes, <laughs> we try and actually have the annual Rangers shirt. And we have these custom special t-shirts so for example all the extension teams when their extension ships they get a special t-shirt with a kind of a funny slogan on the back um, so yes it it's definitely still there so the ranger shirt is pop number one the t-shirt seems to be number two favorite and then the pizza at the event seems to be the the top favorite as well so yeah if you have passionate engineers i guess t-shirts and pizza are a good recipe Awesome. Well, we're coming towards the end of the show. Um, what's a good way for people to find the two of you? Um, so you can reach us and find us in a variety of ways, um, like our ALM Rangers blog on MSTN, our channel line area by searching for ALM Rangers. You can tweet the Rangers directly or the old school way of email. Um, so <laughs> if you want to find out more about the Visual Studio ALM Rangers in terms of what we do, then check out aka.ms forward slash VSAR understand. Um, Greg, I'm sure you'll be putting all these links on your notes as well. Yes, yes. <laughs> yep. Easiest way is those forms. Awesome. Awesome. Well, there's a couple other things I want to make sure that that we mention as we close. Um, um, Angela, yes, I'm looking at you. Your comment that I sound like Dr. Demento, my radio voice sounds like Dr. Demento. Yeah, I saw that tweet. Um, but I'm still going to talk about a couple things that, that you did recently. One, the, that conference, you know, when Angela Dugan was on, she, we talked about the imposter syndrome and, and how we all, you know, as, as Mr. Hanselman says, fake it till we make it. Uh, um, she did a great Channel 9 video at that conference interview with, with Seth, understanding the imposter syndrome. And um, she also posted about there's a number of uh, Visual Studio events coming. There's one in Chicago on the 21st that she blogs about. And then InCycle Software blogged about all three of these events, the Chicago event, 1021, uh, the San Francisco event, 1024, the Atlanta event, 116. And, and these are going to have a number of people you've heard here. San Francisco is going to have Aaron Bork, who we've had on. Chicago is going to have Brian Harry. Atlanta is going to have John Montgomery. Um, 
These are free events to hear about uh, Visual Studio 2015. If you're trying to sell yourself or sell your team, um, great events to go to. Again, you know, it's hard to break, uh, beat the price, and I'll have the links in the show notes to get to these. I didn't know about those events. That's kind of exciting. (laughs) The other thing I want to point out that that you just pointed out to to me, Greg, that I wasn't aware of is another blog on Channel 9, kind of video blog on Channel 9 called Breakpoint, which I had never seen this, but I'm about to go start watching it. Because it's a, apparently it's a monthly show that discusses hot topics and guests from the world of Visual Studio and that it's live. You can ask questions and get them answered live. And they've just posted one from six days ago where they're talking about the new build system. So have you watched this? I have not actually watched this yet. Actually, no. I was doing um, – I, I do last week on Channel 9 blog posts every weekend. And this came across the stream. And so like, what is this? And I looked at it. It's like, oh, this is awesome. So I immediately added it to uh, uh, this week's show. And uh, no. And Willie, you know, these are Canadian devs that are doing this. So that is the other tie-in to the show. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, Willie's like on mute. Oh, I thought I was done. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, <laughs> no it's, it's really exciting because that's one of the kind of initiatives we're trying to refuel, especially in the Vancouver area, is actually connecting with the Canadian community. Um, so, yeah, this is really exciting to hear, and I'll, I'll definitely dig into those as well. <laughs> I've just noticed that Paul is um, one of the hosts in Breakpoint, and he's also an Alien Ranger. Well, there you go. There's yet another tie-in to the show. <laughs> funny how all that works well I, we're coming to the end of the show any any closing statements thoughts comments tune in next week for episode or next time we record for episode 100 <laughs> that is true 100 hopefully two weeks from we'll record it two weeks from today and and and, and release it two weeks from tomorrow uh i don't know what we're going to do if if anything <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This uh, maybe we'll have like we'll schedule it in the evenings for or close enough to the evening for all of us, and we'll have to have a beer or two or, or drink a choice. And um, that could be dangerous. Yeah, really, no lie. And that's so that will be around the twenty second, twenty third. The one hundred one is you know during the summit. So we'll have to think about how we're going to do that one. Wow. Uh, Anisha, Willie, any closing comments, thoughts? No, just a big thank you for a really fun chat. And yeah, I hope I see the two of you at the summit. Awesome. Well, I want to thank everybody for listening. You can reach us at RadioTFS at Outlook.com via Twitter at RadioTFS. We have a Facebook page, which I've taken over and I'm posting stuff to. It's at the page is RadioTFS. You can give us a voicemail at one four two five. 233-8379. You can also, don't forget the Radio TFS stickers. I'm going to have a bunch of these at the summit, handing them out to everyone. Um, if, you know, you guys want one or two or three uh, and, and you live relatively close, sending them overseas is, is kind of a, a, a pain. As, as Willie found out, it took me like a million tries to mail uh, um, Willie some stickers. Uh, but send us a tweet. Or send us an email. That's better. Send us an email at radiotfs at outlook.com. Give me your uh, postal address and, and please try to keep it in the continental United States. If it's overseas and, and you really, really want some, send me an email anyway and, and we'll get them to you. If you want to buy them, go to tinyurl.com, radiotfs sticker. Otherwise, again, thank you for listening to Radio TFS. Radio TFS.